welcome to today's episode of The Winning Ticket. We've got college football championships, we've got NFL rivalries on tap, and guess who's breaking it all down with me, detailing the best bets from this weekend's NFL and college football slates. It's the man who your favorite sharp gets all their bets from, from Pub Sports Radio, Connor Mack. How's it going, Bobby? I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I hope you had a good time with your family. I did. Football was great, and I can't. I always love this championship uh, week in college football, and NFL is always a favorite of mine. So I'm ready to roll. Yeah, can't complain with a football Sunday, no matter who's on the docket. Yeah, and like you said, championship weekend for college football. I can't wait to see how it all unfolds. I'm excited to break it all down with you. Let's start in the National Football League. Let's go to Thursday Night Football. Bills and Patriots, like I said, there's some rivalry matchups on the slate. So we start in the AFC East. We've got an 8-3 and three Buffalo squad that mollywhopped New England twice last year, including in the playoffs against the 6-5 and five Patriots team that had, for their standards, a good showing against the Vikings, but ultimately too many mistakes, plus some four officiating. And they head home from Minnesota with a Thanksgiving loss. And how do you see this one unfolding? And what do you think is the right approach from a betting perspective? This game is uh, pretty fascinating, I think, because we take the Bills, you know, we thought all probably the best team in the NFL. And they, you know, they've been slipping a little bit. I think their defense, you know, they got ahead in the Vikings game. Classic NFL, though. Team goes up by 17. All of a sudden they come back, but that was rough at home. And what a game, obviously, that, that Viking game was crazy. But uh, the Lions, I thought they'd go in there, at least win by a touchdown comfortably, and they were in it the whole way through. Allen's just such a gamer. I think he's banged up, though, between the defense struggling a little bit uh, and him, even though he just kept making plays at the end of the game. I just think he's hobbled a tad bit. You mentioned the Bills just thrashed these Patriots, you know, last year. Uh, it was not very good. From a betting-wise, this is how I'd look. Uh, if you like the Bills, like we were talking about, the three and the hook, I don't love that. You know, I, I think if you like the Bills, you go money line or drop it down, the half point we were talking about. So from the other side, I like the Pats here. It's just Thursday night. I know it's a short week. Um, I think their defense is a lot better this week, even as much as they can do with Josh Allen. They know him enough. Division home dog of getting three or more. Uh, I like him in this spot. It won't be easy, but uh, weather's decent. You know, it's going to be like 35, the seven-mile winds. Um, I think the Pats are the lean for me here. And tell the Bills, could the Bills go in and win by 14? Of course. I just don't love this here for them. I, I think the Pats are in this game and it's tight. And I'd look for the Bills. Hopefully they get healthy down the stretch and maybe win some games bigger and cover numbers. But I, right now, I do not want to lay with the Bills. Yeah, I think that's a good analysis there, Connor. And helping your point, I think there is a meaningful difference in having John Jones matched up against Stephon Diggs compared to J.C. Jackson a year ago. He really struggled yeah. trying to contain him. Jones is better suited to, even though he's smaller, he's going to get out physical at times, but he's quicker, he's shiftier, he can stay with digs, and that might make it easier to cover Gabriel Davis and lend him some safety help as well as they split up the field. I also think those thrashings, as stubborn as the Patriots can be, those had to reinforce to them that these man-to-man -man coverages are not going to work. You can't ask Miles Bryant to keep up with, I don't care if it's Isaiah McKenzie, you, know, you name it on down that Buffalo depth chart, whoever it's going to be, 
and run across the field through traffic and stay with them, that's a recipe for a disaster. So after barely forcing them to punt in those last two tilts a season ago, I think the Patriots will come in with a more sound game plan. Of course, we know that mobile quarterbacks, especially one built like Josh Allen, gives them trouble. But I do think differences in personnel and what happened a year ago is going to benefit New England coming into a game that really I think they need to win to keep their playoff hopes alive and have a legitimate crack at the postseason. At the same time, the the bets that I like are more from an individual standpoint. So despite what I'm saying here about Jonathan Jones, give me Stephon Diggs for an anytime touchdown. The odds on FanDuel are plus 125. So that's too tempting to pass up for a player who has found the house in seven of 11 games this season and against the Patriots, even when you factor in that game where neither team could throw in frigid, windy conditions in Buffalo, he still produced 11 catches for 136 yards and a touchdown in those two regular season contests. So I like that. And if you're someone who thinks that Gabe Davis, maybe there's a coverage slip up or just a clean corner route or something, he's at plus 220 for an anytime touchdown. So I think that's a tempting bet as well. I think those are great bets. Uh, Diggs has just been consistent, true number one. And a guy like, especially if you play fantasy or prop wise, you know, Waddle's been like that with Hill for the Dolphins. There, you know, there's been a handful of guys that you could just seem to play every week and they're getting over seven receptions, right around 100 yards and a touchdown there. I want to touch on real quick uh, the total in this game, you know, what do you feel this goes because when these teams have met other you know other than that cold game with the with the snow I think this game goes over it's a little bit low here but I'm not so crazy about it when these teams have met it's you know it could get over Bills have been scoring a ton uh, I think the Patriots contain Allen but I don't know if they really really contain him I think this could slip over the number and I'm a guy who loves an under but maybe this total is just a little bit light what do you think here 43 and a half I think that's the key here is that it comes in at 43 and a half, and you look at places like Bet Online, for instance, and that is a little light in the cakes, in my opinion, as well. I do think that when you look at Von Miller being out for Buffalo, so there's that lack of a get home threat in their pass rush. When you look at the Patriots performing better, that was probably their best offensive game of the season. Yeah. Mac Jones threw for nearly 400 yards against Minnesota, despite struggles finding the end zone, and they went cold in the fourth quarter after the Hunter Henry. Touchdown got overruled. Nonetheless, it was a largely productive showing by them. And Minnesota, that's a solid, respectable defense. It wasn't a slouch by any means. And then when you look at Buffalo, and even with the Josh Allen injury, we know that offense is rolling. So there is the short week factor. And maybe it's a, a Buffalo's defense comes out and makes a statement. Correct. And maybe New England with that defense is able to help the under cash in, but I'm with you. I think the over is the right approach. Yeah. And it, I'm not going crazy about it. I'm glad we just wanted to talk about, it. I think it could slip over. And you mentioned the short week Thursday nights have just been under machine. I mean, I think it's like nine and one, there's been a one or two. I'd have to double, double check on that. But yeah, Thursday nights have been great to the under. I wanted to touch on one last prop that I've looked at. He's cash for me multiple times uh throughout the year i think i'm three for three on him and i didn't take him last week because he had a ton was stevenson out of the backfield mac jones just seems to love to dump the ball off this guy you're not getting great price now now it's you know three and a half you know big price it might even move you know 
to four, four and a half, and it'll give you plus money. But he seems to be catching seven dump offs a game. So maybe look out for that. But just now you're not getting the best bargain. But I still think he could catch four or five, you know, in this game. Yeah, absolutely. The the Patriots love that. And their offensive line has had a lot of troubles this season. They are expected to have yeah. David Andrews back on Thursday. But still, when I look at them and how they try to make life easier on Mac Jones, it's those dump offs to Stevenson a lot of the times. Sometimes it's a play where I think they're the only ones anticipating the defense to get fooled, where they fake the dump off to one side and then it's a screen pass to the opposite. Yeah. But they run it so much that every team knows it's coming. Still, though, it does constitute a catch for Stevenson. So I'm with you there. I think that he continues to cash in for you on that prop. Yeah, I think you keep rolling there with him. And what's another NFL game that you've got your eyes on on Sunday? Yeah, I wanted to touch on this game. I think it's just fascinating after watching uh, that whole Packers-Eagles game and the week before that where they just sneaked out the win over the Colts and we saw what just happened with them Monday night. Uh, Eagles did whatever they want offensively in that game. But I was not, you know, a team in the Packers who hasn't moved the ball all year long, uh, especially after quick 14-0 lead. This is a big key in this game. Too. If the Eagles jump out, if you like the Philadelphia Eagles here, take them early. Take them first half here. It's probably three in the hook. I haven't looked at the number first half, but they've been so good first half. You like the Eagles, go first half. After that, or even first quarter. But full game, I want the Tennessee Titans here. This team is just gritty. And I had the Bengals last week, which was a tight one. They got it done. I thought that game would be like that. It just played out to a script, too. And I think it could have flipped. Either, you know, it could have been the other way, maybe. But Tannehill's been decent. You know, they've been throwing it a little bit more. You know, these teams just load the box on Henry. But the Eagles weren't stopping anybody. But, you know, and I don't know how they're going to do They're back at home. They're just so, you know, the fat and happy right now. You know, that kind of – they're just – they're just cruising right now. They're at home. This Titans team, the one blowout, I believe, week two to the Bills, 41-7. The other couple losses were, you know, by a point. Uh, the Chiefs were by three. This football team will just keep you in the game with Henry. And that defense is that bend but don't break. They'll give up some points here in this football game. But five and a half to me is just too many. I think it's a little disrespectful uh, on the Tennessee Titans. So I think they hang around in this game. I would grab the five and a half of the Titans. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. I have seen it at five at outlets like Bet Online, for instance, but even that half a point, it doesn't really change my outlook on it. Yeah. I have two questions for you. We'll start with this one. How does Tennessee, which you mentioned the bend but don't break philosophy, but they are one of the best run defenses in the NFL. So going up against the Eagles, how does that factor in for you when it comes to people who might be interested in jumping on Philly early? Well, the reason why I like Titans full game is because against that run, I think they can, I mean, I couldn't even believe what I was seeing. I mean, Hertz is very good. It was just nobody was on him. The Titans, that's their one thing. I think they'll have to throw it more. Hertz will be successful, but I think they can stuff this run. There's not going to be 300 yards rushing like they had, you know, on Monday night uh, in that game. So, but the Eagles, one thing I've just found out, they're just kind of scripted plays. I don't know what it is. They just jump out so early you know, on teams. And if I were to beat them is I'd beat this Tennessee secondary. It's just, you know, they give up yards, but they seem to be able, you know, give the field goal, give that. But that's where I think the Eagles, if they, if you like them, they jump out early there. But I think as it wears down, I think the Titans will be in this game. And, and then the second half, little different, that game was back and forth. But if they do have a 10 point lead, a two touchdown lead, it's just, 
the offense just goes kind of in shutdown mode. So if they're especially just going to hand it off left, right, it just that's not going to play well. And the Titans don't want to be way behind either. But I think this team's good enough. They can do it. It's not you don't want them behind with Tannehill chucking it. But I think he's been decent, you know, so far this year. Uh, and they won't love to do that. So if that happens, I think he like Eagles early, like I mentioned. But I think the Titans hang in this game. And it is this is too many points. I was a little shocked it was this high. It helps that Traylon Burks is starting to come on the scene and pop. Yes. So that's someone who might, you know, just a quick hitting home run type of play to get them back in the game, especially when you're looking at it from the perspective of covering the spread. And secondly, the Eagles lost Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to injury on Sunday night against Green Bay. That's the guy who produces most of their interceptions. So that's a huge blow to the back end of the defense. And obviously he helps against the run too. And so it would have been nice to have him competing and chipping in to slow down Derrick Henry. So we'll, we'll see what happens here. My next question, you talked about the personnel, and that's what I put more stock in, of course. I think everyone does, quite frankly. But A.J. Brown going up against the team that traded him that would not pay him, how much stock do you put in that? I'm not putting much into it. I think he wants to have a day. He's an unbelievable player, unbelievable athlete. It's just that you have to get it done in the end. You know, so it's always those things playing in front of their, you know, their home, whether they go back home, wherever they're from or all that stuff or your old team. I always I think that's a kind of a key uh, there. But I don't know if it's that big in this game. Like I said, Eagles, not a ton here. You know, they're not playing for much, you know, especially I just don't th- see them uh, really too intense. I think they're going to have 14 wins, maybe 15. I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Um we did. Yeah. So Titans. That trade deadline episode. Yeah. The trade deadline one and the Eagles, you know, surrendering 19 and that's a little skewed. The defense came to play and you mentioned some of the injuries that they've had. I think the Titans get into the twenties and this game's tight. Yeah. I, I see it the same way. So glad to know great minds alike, or at least I'm just copying you here. And then when it comes to. <laughs> no, I think we're on. I think we're on to something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out this weekend. And then another matchup that I want to look at here in the NFL before we get to the college slate, the Chiefs taking on the Bengals. This one fascinates me, but ultimately when you're shopping around looking for the best line and you can find Casey at minus one and a half for minus 107 at points bet, that's value that I think is worth taking action on, validated by the fact that 62% of the money right now, of course, this can change, but 62% of the money coming in on the spread is on the Chiefs to cover it. And you look at the Bengals, and yes, they are 3-0 at home against the spread. But then you dive into it, and you see it came against Carolina, Atlanta, and Miami on Thursday Night Football after they knocked Tua out of the game. And then the Chiefs, by the way, 4-1 on the road. Really should be 5-0 because they blew it against the Colts in Week 3, so it was early season. And these teams, they have similar metrics. And Jamar Chase is coming back for Cincinnati. The game is home for the Bengals. At the same time, I could see the Chiefs losing Sunday and then winning out. They've got the Broncos twice, the Texans, the Raiders, and the Seahawks. For those curious, Seattle is coming to Arrowhead. But at the same time, the spread is so low, and the Chiefs are the better team. They're trying to fend off Miami and Buffalo for the one seed in that first round bye. So ultimately, I think the Chiefs show up, and in a game where it's a bit of a measuring stick and a chance to send a message, I think they capitalize on it. I think so, too. I think this game is so good. Going back to last year, Bengals getting the Chiefs, just the whole, you know, them going to the Super Bowl, maybe a little bit premature than people thought. 
but starting to click again. I mentioned this before the season started with some people too. I thought the Bengals, you know, a little hangover, but they'll get rolling. I thought they'd probably win 10, 11 games. Uh, I still think that, and they have Burrow and all these weapons uh, at his disposal. But I think the Chiefs here are the better team. It's kind of like they had a nice walkthrough game, that Rams. It's just kind of like how it went. Just not crazy. You know, it was tight just first quarter, 3-3. Then they just slowly win an easy one. Uh, No one gets hurt. Everything's golden. So I think Pat Mahomes does his thing here. I think revenge is on the mind for the Chiefs in this game. And with this shorter number, as much as I like the Bengals, I think the Chiefs get it done here uh, on the road. You mentioned they've been so good. I I go back to that Niners game, just demolishing them. Just some of these games, you go back during the year, it's like, wow, they've been really, really good. And it's good to see that they've how good they've been on the road uh, as well. So I do. I like the Chiefs here in the spot. All right. So far, we are in agreement across the board. So ho- hopefully people are taking this to the window and it rewards them. And then when let's go down to the college slate here. I want to start with the SEC championship. LSU taking on Georgia in Atlanta. The spread here, when you've got the Tigers at plus 18 and a half and it's for minus 114, I mean... My, my question to you here, because look, Georgia, they beat Georgia Tech by 22. So they barely covered this spread against an inferior opponent. LSU, they face-planted against Texas A&M. They made me look pretty bad for that. I didn't see it coming. I thought they'd win. I thought they'd cover the spread. Neither happened, of course. So now, they is there any chance that if they beat Georgia and the other top three teams win this weekend, that the Tigers are still able to get into the college football playoff? I think that all have to happen. You know, I think the, a big win and all those teams, SETCU, would still lose. And I still don't know if they would get in. Probably, because especially if you could beat Georgia here. Man, this game is tough. The the loss last week was so bad to, to an A&M team that just couldn't do anything all year offensively. I mean, nothing. I mean, at all. Against some bad teams, they could barely score. UMass, a few of these games, it was just awful to see and I stayed off that game but I was thinking yeah LSU the way they've looked as of late I think they could go in there I'm not going to lay 10 so you know I stayed off but I think they could win uh, at least by a touchdown and wow that was bad Uh, and I go back to Brian Kelly I just don't trust him in big games you know I just don't do it I know he beat Bama but uh, I think he'll do better as LSU the next few years but uh, not here but Let's mention the other spot here. Georgia sleptwalk through a lot of these games, some of these early ones, even the Georgia Tech game, like you mentioned last week. They did it with Missouri. There's a few others. Uh, but one thing I've noticed with this football team, if it's a big game, it seems like they come to play. Like the chin strap, everyone's loaded and ready to roll here. It was kind of like everyone thought Tennessee, Tennessee, I heard all week. And that was the one I was on the other way. I'm like, I think this is you lay it with Georgia, and this is a little short. But the problem here, it's the 17 and a half. You mentioned 18, that stuff. It just, I would want them under, you know, that key number 16, at least uh, for me to look at Georgia. But I still think they win here. It's just, I don't want to lay it uh, with them in this game. I think LSU could hang around. And the it's the whole key is the wake up the first quarter. And then if the defense doesn't want to give up a junk touchdown, late, if maybe they're up by 21, and you get that late, late one that goes in. I, uh, Florida did it right this year. They backdoored them, I believe, and lost by 2021. Um, you're not getting that here, but it could be a, a similar tight game where the backdoor's open. Yeah, exactly. It's just 18 and a half is too much. 
I mean, they could win by 16 to 17 and convincingly beat LSU. So I'm going to play the points in this one with the Tigers. And then I think it will be interesting because who would have thought a couple weeks ago a scenario where someone could knock off Georgia in the SEC championship and not make the college football playoff. But I do think if USC and TCU win out, they're in and Michigan deserves to get in. And so ultimately, I think that just winning the SEC championship is not enough. LSU would need some help after that. They would need help for sure. And the, and the, you know, it's the, the other side of this, you know, Georgia, it doesn't need to look convincing. They don't need style points here. Georgia just needs the W. So that's where I, that's why I think about that when you lay it, unless you just think that they're inferior right now, than LSU uh, look that way. So yeah, just dicey here for me. And then this next one is a tilt Connor that the two of us are looking at. I do not know your take on it, but I can't wait to hear it and get your insight here. Fresno State against Boise State. A lot of the money is coming in on Boise State. I'm curious to get your perspective on this matchup. Yeah, a lot of money is coming out here on Boise State. And Boise State's taken care of them the last few times. Earlier this year, 40-20. No Hainer, though, in that game. Uh, Fife was at quarterback. Uh, and they were just right at the time was Fresno. Fresno, since Hainer's back, has been red hot. I, but I talked about it the other day. They haven't played anybody. They've handled their business. You know, Wyoming, 30 nothing's pretty good. But, you know, they beat up in Hawaii. You know, UNLV, they beat them by a touchdown. Some of these games, they handled their business. Um, Boise here at home, it's going to be cold. It's going to be about 30 degrees. But I think that I go to the total here first. I think this total is light. When these teams get together, shootouts just happen, kind of. Points are just scored. And they're used to, well, especially Boise at home, uh, the weather. I think this this total was way too light here, 53, 53 and a half. I think we I know it's a championship game, but I I'm up and over here. I think Hayner does work. I haven't been that impressed by that Boise defense all year. It's gotten a little bit better in stretches, you know, especially from early on, but I'm not that impressed. I think Hayner can do his thing here. And this will be interesting. If it keeps moving more to Boise, you know, I don't know if we get a three and a hook here. I think Fresno can finally get this done. You know, they I don't think they think they were gonna be here six weeks ago. So it's a lean for me there. What I like more here is the over. And I kind of lean. If I could get a hook with Fresno, uh, and I might even make take the money line. I'm, I'm still waiting uh, on this play. But uh, I think they could be in it here with Hayner in, the, in, this team, in this game. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really competitive game that comes down to the end. When I look at Boise State, I'm, I'm with you on the defensive concerns, but I respect the fact that the one thing they seem to do well is limit the amount of points the opposition puts on the board. They're surrendering less than 20 per game. So that area, you know, it's a little bend but don't break-ish. At the same time, Fresno State, I'm curious to get your take here because the metrics are pretty good. The quality of competition is not particularly impressive. So when you look at the numbers and you see two teams that are pretty even in a lot of categories, but one, just the, the strength of schedule isn't on the same level, how much do you factor that in when trying to assess and, and look through the metrics? I do a little bit. I, I don't think it's that big, though, tier in this one. These teams know each other. Yeah, and it's not in this instance. Uh, yeah, not too crazy. They're both here in the Mountain West. They play similar teams, you know, all throughout their schedule. So it's not uh, too, too crazy. 
I just like Fresno a little bit in, in this spot with Hayner back. And I think the Fresno defense has been a little bit better, you know, and who knows that could bite me on this over. I just see the, I see these teams scoring here. And if Fresno wants to be in, I think they need to score points at least in the twenties. So I think this could creep over and I'm looking their side. Yeah, I know there's a lot of Boise love uh, going around. How can you not? They're at home here. That game was deceiving though. The Utah state game, a lot of people, that was a rough one. If you had that, uh, the game just slipped over with that long touchdown run. And then they come right back and pick six, you <laughs> know, two touchdowns in the last minute uh, of that game, minute and a half, which was uh, pretty wild. So all the Utah State backers didn't love it. But I thought they moved it well, pretty well, Utah State in that game. And I think Fresno will do the same. Uh, so I, uh, I like the over and I like these points a little bit. I'd love to get the hook with Fresno if I could. Yeah, it's interesting because it seems like what we're both in agreement on, we have more trust in the offenses than the defenses, Correct. despite the metrics and those points allowed. So I'm with you. I think there's a chance, and that speaks to being able to get some value on the overcashing in, and, and then we'll see what happens ultimately when it comes to playing the money line and all that. I might stay off of those. I, I think I have a little more trust. The person I trust the most, I'll put it that way and clean it up, is Hayner. He's the guy I have the most yeah. confidence in going into this game. But at the same time, you've got to respect what Boise State's done offensively. So I think that the over comes through. Like you said, it's right around 53 and a half, give or take. And when it comes to who wins, I'm going to stay off it. I respect that the money's coming in heavily on Boise State. I do think they're the better team, but the person I trust the most is the quarterback for Fresno State. I totally agree. I think boys, especially at home, it used to be, I, you know, I don't know if it, it's still something playing on the, on the blue turf, the Smurf turf, as I always call it, you know, it, it was a lot bigger 10 years ago or so, but it still holds some weight. Um, so yeah, that's definitely, I think that's what people are leaning on. Do they think this is a short, better all overall team? Uh, so we're seeing Boise money. Exactly. And then another matchup that I want to get your take on here. This one, it's probably not on the radar of a lot of our listeners, Connor, but this is why you're the betting expert, the sports handicapper, and another reason why you help to point out where there's value and money to be made. And so let's talk about North Texas taking on UTSA. Yeah, let's get to this game. I think this game's uh, pretty fascinating. Um, I think this is a little bit of revenge for North Texas. This team just was here about four weeks ago in, here at the Alamo Dome, thought they had won the football game. Uh, with about 30 seconds left and lost it, 31-27 in that game. That game went under two, but you saw in the second half the shootout start to happen. But if that doesn't happen, this total's way up there. It could stay under again, but I couldn't believe how the defense just, just it worked out in that first game. There was so little points in that first half, and that's what kept it under. And then we saw a ton in the third and fourth quarter. I think there's more per points earlier. I just, can it get over? We got a high total here. It might. I love the points here. Mean Green, I like this team all year. I've took them in certain spots. I'm probably six and two with them uh, betting on there, maybe even six and one. They've been good to me all year. I had them against UTSA uh, in that first matchup. They've been good in conference. You know, the last 13, they're 11, two and one. They got Austin Ami. He's 28 or 30 years old, 29 years old, still back there. And I thought it's been his best year because I, the year before, man, I've had trouble wanting to back North Texas. And this defense has been, both defenses I don't think are great, but at times can play well. And North Texas scares me a tiny bit. Obviously, Frank Harris on the other side, the best player, you know, on the field. 
uh, for UTSA. But I think they can make enough plays because I saw them the ugly during some of these some of these bad games they've had early on in the year. They gave up a bunch of points, but they beat Western Kentucky big. They had some really nice wins, you know, until the last two weeks. They had about like a four week stretch there where they were extremely extremely good. Over a touchdown, I think this is way too many. Eight and a half. I think North Texas realized what happened. Like, man, we were there, had it, and it just got taken from us. We were, ta- you know, we thought we had that game won. They want revenge in this spot. I think UTSA wins here, but I see points back and forth, and I want the points here with the mean green. So I want the eight and a half with them. Yeah, it's a sound analysis right there. And I definitely think that you look at the spread, and it seems neglectful of what happened in the first go around. Boise State, I'm with, or, um, excuse me, UTSA, I'm with you on the concerns about the defense. I also look at how they handled, and I know it was early in the season, but they showed pretty well for themselves against Houston in particular. They only lost by two to a team that, you know, at the start of the season was in the top 25. And then they go to Austin. I think the score is a bit misleading there as well. It was 41 to 20 was the final, but Texas was rolling. They were 21 in the country, had a lot to feel good about. Got Bijan Robinson in the backfield and to only lose by 21 in a game that was more competitive and got away from them. I ultimately think the Roadrunners here, I, I do think they're going to win this game, but I can see why, and it's a convincing case for why this game might be ripe for an upset. I think it is. And Ani's got to be very good. Like I see Frank Harrison, Frank Harris in the end, make enough plays here and, and win this football game. But I don't, Hey, to the people you want to lay this, I wouldn't, you know, I go back to all the games they had Western Kentucky, even this year, the three-point win, you know, whether it's UAB, the four-point win over North Texas. Just last week, UTEP played right with them all game long. Uh, I mean, there were, they weren't playing for a bunch there, but still, 34-31. I see a similar game. And and if they're up 14, that back door is wide open here for, for you know, something just like that. Even because I think all around UTSA is better here. They win Conference USA, but I think North Texas is going to be pumped for this football game to be here, and uh, I want those eight points. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't love the spread here. And then the other thing I look at with Ane is the 11 interceptions. So that could be a difference maker here when we're just looking at the money line and the outcome. So I'm going to stick with UTSA to improve to 9-0 and in conference play and 11-2 and on the campaign. At the same time, I think this is going to be a fun game. It's going to be close. It's going to be competitive. And then, like you said, it's just a matter of Frank Harris being able yep. to make one or two more plays to swing the outcome in the Roadrunners' favor. Exactly. And both teams, real quick, one last note, can you know run it well. The North Texas over to 200 yards on the ground. UTSA about 170. So both teams can run it. Don't have the best defenses. So, yeah, I think a defense might come up big here. Just a big turnover will help out, you know, maybe a stop where they hold to a field goal. Uh, that kind of happened last year's uh, Conference USA uh, championship game. So I think something like that happens. Uh, and I'm going to ride the mean green here. I love it. Let's see if it happens. And a revenge game as well. So I'm going to be pulling for you on that front as long as they cover the spread. That'll be, of course, you got to protect the money. So that'll be what I care about most. But I've got a rooting interest on that side as well. For Connor Mack, that wraps up this edition of The Winning Ticket. But before we go, Connor, the stage is yours to promote any work you want to share and let everyone know where they can find you on social media. It's just socials, Connor Mack, Connor Mack Picks. And you can check out all my stuff on uh, Pub Source Radio daily. 
whether it's college basketball, college football, NFL, uh, check me out there. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Truly one of the best. Always happy to have him on. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today, whether you found us on Believe.com, the Winning Ticket YouTube page, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you enjoyed the show, please be sure to like, rate, and subscribe. It goes a long way. For Connor Mack, I'm Bobby Kravitsky. This has been The Winning Ticket.